You're listening to audio from St. Luke Church in Lexington, Kentucky. If you'd like to learn more or donate to this ministry, please check out our website at stlukelex.com. Great day in worship, yes? All right, right on. Uh, let's dig right in. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Hear this reading from God's Word. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. You know, it's funny how our usage of words changes over time, yes? I went to a store not long ago and uh, bought a couple of hats to uh, wear around the golf course, and uh, one of the young guys who was in the department said, that's a sick hat. Now, I knew what he meant, as old as I am at this point, I knew what he meant. My kids use that, you know, I'm going to date myself, it's sort of cool or awesome or what have you, but really the meaning of sick is pretty simple, it's having a severe illness or a disease. (laughs) So I said to him, well, that's nice, and I want you to recognize that we use this word nice all the time, and yet nice is from the Latin meaning unaware or ignorant. (laughs) So perhaps I didn't say the right thing. We do this all the time. Uh, Take, for example, yesterday we were certainly glad that North Carolina at the end of the game fizzled out, right? And yet this word fizzle has a completely different origin and act pertaining to quiet flatulence. And yet we do this all the time. We use these words over and over again. And there's a word, I think, in our scripture today that is so common, we just sort of gloss over it. The scripture reads, and her husband Joseph being a a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Just, same word as righteous, a person or conduct who or that is morally right, one who's virtuous. Now, I suspect when we hear this word just, we get this sort of imagery, right? A balancing of the scales, making sure that the wrongs are righted, the victims are made whole and the perpetrators are brought to the appropriate kind of justice. And yet, in the economy of God's kingdom, there's a very different kind of just altogether. Consider the book of Romans in which 
Paul tells us that very scarcely will someone die for a righteous person, and yet God shows His love for us in that He dies for all of us who are unrighteous altogether. God's justice is very, very different. And so as we read about Joseph today, this just man who we really know so little about, one who's virtuous, one who's righteous, has the love of God because the work of God is evident in his life, we're told that he's not going to divorce his wife, Mary. And that's a big deal, but do we really know why? Well, the backstory goes something like this. Mary and Joseph grew up in the same town of Nazareth. And Nazareth had about 500 to 1,000 people in it in those days. That's about the size of my high school graduating class. So I think about living in a town with all those folks I went to high school with. So they knew each other clearly, and the fact that they're from the same lineage from King David means that they probably knew each other maybe a little better than normal. And so at some point, I imagine Joseph, who would have been somewhere between the ages of 16 and 25 years old, had his eye on Mary. And Joseph would have sent his dad to Mary's father to have a discussion about the possibility of marriage. Consider in those days that all marriages were arranged, which I suppose could be good and it could be bad at the same time. So the two would have sat down, Joseph's father and Mary's father, and Mary's father would have considered, is Joseph a just man? Is he righteous? Is he the kind of guy who lives following the commandments of Scripture? Does he have an honorable profession? We know that he's a carpenter. Realize that a carpenter is not somebody who necessarily works with wood in that part of the world, but somebody who would have worked with stone. So sure, Joseph had an honorable profession. He was a just or righteous kind of man, and his family had a good name. And so I see Mary's father saying, yes, let's bring the kids in. And Fiddler on the Roof would kick off, and they would share a glass of wine. And just a few months down the road, they would be married before all their friends and family, and life would be happily ever after, as we would imagine the story would go. In fact, at that moment, they're legally uh, married to one another. Only a divorce could break the engagement. And this is what God has desired. Now, I want you to imagine, the mar- the, especially guys, the woman you're about to be married to, this happens in your life story. We read in the scripture this morning, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. I wonder how that whole thing unfolded. Do you remember having those conversations before the wedding about everything from linens to plates to, was it chicken or fish? And I suspect somewhere in the middle of that dialogue, there must have been a conversation like this. So... I probably need to let you know something. I'm going to have a child, and the child that's in me is from the Holy Spirit. I'm sure Joseph thought, well, that completely clears everything up for me. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine? What would you say? This woman you're about to be married to, you get this kind of news, and of course later in the Scripture we're told that the angel visits, and so on and so forth, but surely at some point there was a conversation to be had. 
And Joseph, this just man, could have pursued two courses of just action. In fact, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 22 would have given him the right to have Mary stoned. And if that wasn't enough, the book of Numbers, which I know all of you spend all of your devotional time reading. Numbers chapter 5 said that there's a trial of the wayward wife. And what he could have done is, after suspecting his wife was pregnant, get some witnesses, have the rabbi accompany them to the temple. Mary would have been brought before uh, a committee, and she would have been stripped topless to be treated like a harlot and a leper. And she had two choices in that moment. She could confess to her indiscretion and be immediately stoned, or she could deny that this had happened. And what they would have done is scrape dirt from the temple floor, mixed it with water, and have her drink it. And the idea behind it is simply this. If at any point over the next two years, and I recognize you from the medical community want to have a conversation with me after this. I'll be glad to have that with you. But after two years, if at any point she has a miscarriage, it's proof proof that she had committed adultery. And if not, if the baby lives or she's not pregnant, well, the man would have been punished and never able to divorce again. How many people know that does not have the makings of a happy marriage? (laughs) And so this just man, Joseph, had two courses of action. And, And in the world we live in today where we say, vengeance is ours and let's take it to them and balance the scales and right the wrongs, those were the courses of actions that he had, and yet what we're told is he had in mind to divorce her quietly so as not to bring shame on her or on her family. Joseph is just because he loves how God loves. He lives how God desires us to live. And sometimes love means that we don't necessarily get the outcomes we want. Yes? We get the outcomes that God desires. Think about the moments of doubt he must have had along the way. I mean, sure, you're pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Perfect. I don't exactly understand how that works. Or the moments that he must have walked through the town of Nazareth and people started to point when Mary started to show, oh, that's Joseph, you know, the one with Mary. Bless their heart. (laughs) Which, of course, makes everything okay. And yet Joseph's this just man. He could have stopped the road to Bethlehem right then and there, and yet he doesn't. Now, could God have authored it another way? You bet. He's God. He can do anything, anywhere, anytime, with anyone in any way that he wants. I've been telling you this for five years now. But he didn't because he's a just man. And when I think about that and I think about Joseph, I am just filled with wonder this morning. Here's this man who's mentioned all of 13 times in Scripture. Thirteen. Nine of them surround this event about Mary becoming pregnant. We know so little about him. We know that he died early according to tradition, and my goodness, that's a lot of stress to raise the Son of God, yes? We know that uh, immediately after the birth, they're on the run to Egypt to escape the king who wants to kill the child and most likely the family that he's a part of. 
His life must have been filled with all kinds of stress, the stress of a pregnancy he would have never imagined, the stress of traveling for taxes, the stress of traveling to Egypt, the stress of having everybody in your hometown talk about you. And yet he's just Joseph. Thirteen verses we get, never with a speaking part, of this man who raised the Son of God, this man who would teach Joseph about the wonders of God And we're told at the end of the passage this beautiful and striking thing, that after Joseph wakes from his sleep, he simply did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And you know, maybe that's the lesson for us today. We spend so much time trying to be influencers and world changers, and I'm going to change and fix the system. I'm going to right the wrongs. I'm going to lift up those who who have been wrongly treated. But what what if really we could just simply find wonder in being just Joseph, just the man or woman that we're called to be, to play our part in the story and recognize that it's a beautiful part, whatever it might be. Because Joseph, he's the grinder. He's the put his kids through college. He's the raise the son of God kind of guy. He doesn't get much press. He doesn't have the panache of a Peter, the flair and flamboyance of people like Elijah or Elisha. He's he's not exciting. He's behind the scenes. And yet he's so faithful. He's just Joseph. He's not getting lots of press. And that's wonder for you. In a world that uh, wants us to do great big things for God that are sick or nice or that won't fizzle out, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the small, kind, righteous acts of just Joseph. Maybe that's really what God's looking for. We've spent this Advent season listening and looking for God to be at work in our lives. How's that going for you? I know I'm seeing things in a different way this Advent, and I'm grateful to be on this journey with you. Here's the thing. As we make our way on the road to Bethlehem to Christmas Eve, just be Joseph. Just be you. Just be Jim. Just be Mike. Just be Mandy or Nora. Just be Mo. Just be Mark. Just be Betty. Just be you. Because you've got your own role to play in the story. And God is making all things come together in a beautiful way. Amen.